Have you ever taken a ride on the New York City Ferry? It costs the same as taking the dirty-ass subway, but you're out on the river, which is very nice. And if you're ever bored on a weekend, you could take some LSD and ride around the East River for 12 hours. Who cares? All for the low price of $2.75. The Ferry. It's a large boat. Hello and welcome to Talking Schmidt. I'm your host, Eric Schmidt. And I'm Greg Burmeister. And today we have uh, one of my favorite comedians working right now, uh, a guy named Jay Jordan. He's hilarious. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we talk about quite a bit. We move quite there a lot a of things. There is a wide range of topics. We, we cover a lot of topics. So, uh, with, you know, let's just get to it. Without further ado, here he is, Jay Jordan. Um... How has uh, how has your COVID been? Like, did you ever get it? No, I never got it. I narrowly escaped it. There was one Saturday where I was at a show, and my friends said, "Oh, we're gonna go to Devil's Playground in Brooklyn," which was this big party that was DJed by like Ty Sunderland, who like throws a lot of parties. And it's one of those parties that like a lot of people go to, a lot of funny queer people go to, like Bowen Yang is always at these parties, like Josh Sharp, Aaron Jackson, like Matt Rogers, like queer, kind of like humor, I guess, Illuminati go to these okay. <laughs> And it's like fun and it's dancey and it's usually a like $3 bill okay. in Brooklyn yeah. and then like a couple of other places, but $3 bill, even like right now, they're doing a lot of outdoor parties there. And my friend went. And I was supposed to go, but I had to fly to do a show the next morning. So I was like, I really can't. And he went, he got COVID. And I did. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he, that's exactly when he got it. It was like late February. He knew everything started getting different in March. And he was like, oh, I have it. And I was like, glad yeah. I didn't Yeah, <laughs> before that Before they got vac- vaccinated. This, right? is bef- this is February 2020. Oh, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, so that, that was like, out of the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That was the first inkling that it was going to get like that. Yeah, oh, so that was probably like a few weeks before everything yeah. shut down. Yeah, so I want to say two weeks before, yeah, so a week before March, so then two weeks before everything, because it was like Valentine's Day thing, but it was right after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Man. So. Yeah, I, I didn't get it until March 2021. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was real late to the party. I was like, yeah, you know, this fad's I almost mean, over. People, I better get it now. People are still getting it. I know. Oh, yeah. man, it's nuts. Uh, I've had, so I had two friends, like of the, you know, hundreds of friends that I know who got vaccinated, mm-hmm. two of them got it and like it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost taste and smell maybe for a couple days. That was it. Yeah. Of the 10 people I know who didn't get vaccinated, two got two like anti-mask, anti-vax, oh, shit. got it, hospitalized. Oh, no. One died. Holy shit. Whoa. Yeah. So wow. there's your stats. That's, That's all you need to know wow. about there. Wow. That's like in the field data. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Well, the other thing, I, and I was talking to my, I, I went to the doctor yesterday for like a skin cancer thing, which I'm good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I was talking to him about, you know, the vaccination stuff. And we were talking about how if you Google any information about it, the free information that you get is usually from places like, you, you know, if you go to New York Times, yeah. there's a paywall. If you go to Wall Street Journal, there's a yeah. paywall. Oh, so, no. it's, so all you're getting is Fox News, Breitbart. 
or like yeah. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube <laughs> personalities. So you're just, I mean, we're not giving, I mean, I know the CDC is free, obviously, yeah. right? But like pe- people that already have a distrust of that it's not like aren't going to go there. Yeah. And I mean, I have a, a skepticism of, you know, corporations, oh, of yeah. the government, you know, but, yeah. I, but I looked at it. I saw that people had been vaccinated and they were fine. You know, none of the old people who were getting it were like dying. Yeah. So I was, and that's sure. the other thing is because they were, Giving it away so freely, I was like, well, this, I mean, they hate, <laughs> they hate doing that. <laughs> the fact that they're willing they to do actively that. hate it. Right. And I mean, it would reflect really badly on Pfizer if they were just <laughs> yeah. killing a bunch of people with people, this vaccine. And people already trust them with their dicks. Like, old men already, like, go, I guess. It's in me if it's a chip already. Yeah. I swallow yeah. one every day. Also, like, they're already following me. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so you when did you start doing theater i, I know- started doing theater when i was 11 years old oh wow the okay. first time i knew i like the first time i was ever on stage was third grade and i was a mouse in a production of twas the night before christmas and i remember not being scared i was never scared of public speaking even when i was like four mm-hmm. i was not a precocious kid, but just like a very, it's just people. Those mm-hmm. are just like a lot of people. Nothing, literally nothing I can do about them. I can just say what I'm supposed to say and then leave. If anything, it was like too confident. And so, <laughs> and so in third grade, I was on stage for the first time. And I remember I looked out and I was like, I was in like a mouse costume. Cause like in the first, I want to say two lines, like throughout the house, not mm-hmm. creature restoring, not even a mouse. Like we were the mice. Oh, okay. And so, I was like, I wasn't scared at all. And then I went to fourth grade and I went to like a accelerated academic uh, program at a specific school that had ties with like other schools. So you'd go there after a certain point in the day. And then two of my good friends I made there were doing theater. And I was like, well, what is theater? What like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, it's like TV but not <laughs> like real life and they're like TV. it's like happens in front of you and i've been to the circus i had, <laughs> you know there's so many ways that you don't know how to articulate things until you're actually in it right and it's like well okay and i had been to church and i had mm-hmm. been to i'd been to like like things for kids like puppet shows but i was like what is theater and so that that was the place i first saw shows and saw theater and that was also the first place where i was like oh maybe i could do this and so i remember i asked my mom at the like kind of halfway point of fifth grade i was like if i wanted to do theater next year they said i have to audition could you help me audition and she was like sure she never pushed me she was if anything, the opposite of a stage mom, because she was always very keen on being like, if this is what his interests lean towards, then great. But she only wanted me to like do well in school. And that was it. Like there was never any like you have to play this sport. You have to like play this instrument. You have to like do this extracurricular. You have to have all these extra things on your record. She no never made me no think, pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Um, and this was in Mississippi. This is in Mississippi. Okay. This was in Jackson, Mississippi. Oh wow! Okay. And so the thriving theater scene. I, it, honestly, <laughs> the craziest part is like it's one of those things. Like we talk about blue dots a lot yeah. in red states. Uh-huh. It's very much like an artistic dot in that particular school district. Now it's the Ida B. Wells, I think, school, but so, it was called uh, APAC, uh, like Power APAC academic and performing arts complex. Gotcha. It's like acronym. So wait, it was so you you had a performing arts school for. 
elementary school for, ages? For elementary school, wow. it started in, well, here's the thing. It pretty much prioritized like your track record and kind of like put you on a particular lane because I want to say 70, 50 to 70 percent of the kids from fourth grade on stayed in that program. And so elementary school, you went in the middle school, you had to go earlier in the day. And then you reported to your actual middle school, which was like various schools throughout the district. So this was like a program that you kind of had to like be passed into and like pass every year and your grades couldn't drop below a certain point Mm -hmm. to stay Mm -hmm. in this program and then in high school it swapped so you went to high school in the morning and you did your your dance theater or visual arts or music in the afternoon for two hours and so it was an intense program for sure yeah you like make that commitment at nine and you're like (laughs) yeah when when i was nine it was just like you're gonna go to this place for eight hours and, <laughs> and then go home. So you had to do a lot of after school uh, stuff as well. A lot of after school stuff. I remember like going to rehearsals. I never, I like worked out with the football team one of my years in high school, but I never did football. And it was insane. I had one friend who, two friends who did both. And I was like, how are you doing? First of all, Ryan Murphy owes you money. That's, <laughs> they stole, he stole that idea. Yeah, and the second totally. thing, yeah. Like <laughs> the second thing is like the time. It was the biggest time commitment I've ever seen. Like, like 14 year olds and 15 year olds commit to. Wait, so I'm sorry. The art school had a football team. No. So there was a football team. You could be on your regular school's football team, gotcha. but also do theater and the crazy part is like people did there were two people that did both and there were a few people who also did music and did both but like they played football on like Fridays and like also went to football practice after going to all of like either theater rehearsal or music rehearsal in the afternoon it was insane Jeez, wow, that's, yeah, te- that, yeah that's te- exhausting tech weekends must have been yeah. rough for those yeah. guys man <laughs> And I think it only like conflicted a few times, but right. it was um, and we had like an okay football team, not a great football team, but it was okay. And so was the was the art school connected to a regular school, and and so if you were in the art school program, you went. Yeah. To, okay. My so school the, was the exact same. The school, art then. school had like a a partnership with three middle schools and one high school, and so those middle schools were feeder schools into the high school, the way the district was set up. So like at high school, after high school, because also they were so close location wise, you would just either, you could walk or drive to like the art school. Cause it was like pretty close to the high school. And that's also like when, after you got your driver's license, that's when everyone like either was like showing off their cars, like went to Wendy's or like, that was like <laughs> yep, yeah. kind of like your free period. You got like almost close to 30 minutes to go. What is a 10 minute? like five minute walk really <laughs> so like that's when you could get lunch it was like when you like this is when a lot of the high school drama was happening yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. when people were hooking up in cars and stuff yeah we used to drive around with our windows down you know just blasting music beca- yeah. because we could oh yeah you, know, you just want everyone to hear how cool you are i used to pull into high school every day listening to ludicrous um oh my god what was that song it was uh Roll out. Roll out. That was it. Boom, I, I, boom, I would roll boom, out to that one yeah. as well. I would roll in boom, and out. Boom. That's, I mean, that's an iconic ludicrous song. Oh, yeah. So. It also, it's like high school is when you just kind of become a terrorist after <laughs> after 10th grade. You like peel off fast when you have no reason to. Oh, like, And it's not even like 
it's not it is reckless driving but it's like the weirdest showboating in an um, oldsmobile 88 like it's yeah. my grandmother's car that I put a system in that like ruined some speakers like i remember the specific cds i was like oh well, th- okay th- that's broken now like we just like hear bass go like yeah, just rattling yeah oh my gosh and so like you just like do silly ass shit and so that's when i was doing theater when i was doing this silly ass shit yeah did you um did you do any you mentioned the football thing but you didn't play football did you do any other no things and i didn't do any other sports i was primarily like academics i was social i was like a social butterfly and then i did theater i got cast a lot too so that also kind of helped me be like well, i'm busy doing this yeah was it mostly girls uh because that's the way it was at my arts high school it was it was like the guys had been there since middle school or elementary school. Girls, there was some changeover, but I'd say it was probably 70, 30%. So, like, if you were a guy and decent, you got cast yeah. a lot. Cause they were, at one point, we did like a production of The Outsiders and we had to like, we had to like beg dudes that were like primarily like behind the scenes tech dudes to at least audition. So we had enough guys to do the outsiders, which is, I was like, why'd you even choose this? I don't know if we have enough yeah. men. <laughs> did you do, uh, did they do musicals as well? We or? did musicals. We did the whiz. I was the whiz oh. and the whiz. Oh my God. I was the wizard of Oz in the wizard of Oz. Here's the crazy part. And that, that's very funny. <laughs> it was the first time I ever watched Richard Pryor too. Whenever I like watched the production, I watched like the Diana Ross version of the whiz and he was the whiz in it. Yeah. And that was the first time I like knew who Richard Pryor was. But in high school, you're not like being like, oh man, you guys don't listen to Pryor. You, you like, you're aware of him. But then right. I was like, oh shit. And then like later on, I was like, oh, he's, oh, he's very, very oh, he also oh, he's pretty a, important. Yeah, he has a comedy career. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then you went to, uh, you went to college and did, didn't do theater right away, right? Didn't do theater okay. right away. I went to Ole Miss. Right. So I was... In school in Jackson, Mississippi, which is about mm-hmm. two hours, two and a half hours south of like Oxford, which right. is where Ole Miss is. And I was so chill about college. It just never, <laughs> college, whenever I hear, heard people like going crazy, like, oh, I gotta get into a good college, I gotta get into a good college. Yeah, I was very, stressing about I it ne- so much. It sucks to say, cause maybe, maybe I'd be a millionaire. Who knows at this point? <laughs> But I was just like not stressful. And I took the ACT and I did well. And I applied to like three or four schools and I got into like a lot of them. And Ole Miss gave me the most money. And I was just like, I'll go to Ole Miss. And it was like such a just chill thing for me. What year was this? This was 06. So Did they still have the offensive mascot? Here's the thing. (laughs) They still had Colonel Reb, I think like, that's, that's the oh name. 2003, they stopped like having an official Colonel Red mascot. But like in Mississippi, it's crazy because people hear about it and they go, oh, it's wild. And <laughs> it's pretty wild. Objectively, <laughs> yes. But if you look at it like subjectively, you're kind of like, I mean, there is so much worse stuff this racist <laughs> could do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. I don't. And I was like, I don't. Listen, I like Eli Manning and Coach Cutcliffe enough. Like, you know, there were like a couple times where um, I was like, oh, a lot of the, a lot of 
mascots are rooted in like civil war iconography like a tennessee volunteer like a volunteer for what war it wasn't right. oh, yeah, yeah. Never thought about it wasn't one. the revolutionary <laughs> right, one make a list yeah. of these ones to cancel the running rebels that's unlv oh, uh man. i mean the commodores that's just the confederate right. naval ship that's mm-hmm. all, vanderbilt thinks they're smart but they're just that's colonel red but just on the water like, yeah all right well i mean going after all the sec yeah oh well, yeah now. yeah that's what this just devolves into to. I'm like, here's why Lane Kiffin is going to take the Rebs to number two in the SEC West this year because Nick Saban still has a job. I can't believe um, he got them all vaccinated. That's that's fascinating to me. Like, my friend was like, did they all get vaccinated? I was like, oh, Miss is honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, I hope he, it's because the kids are young and they want to play. If you tell a football player you can't play unless you do this, they'll be like, oh, God, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll do anything. <laughs> they will do anything right. to play football. Like, They're already injecting a lot to play oh, anyway. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cortisone. Just chill out. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you, do you consider yourself an Ole Miss fan, I guess? Uh, or? Begrudgingly, I like, when I watch football, I I love high-powered offenses. I love seeing people go crazy and air shit out. So they've had a lot of fun over the past years. I was there during some really, really, really terrible seasons. Just like I was there during Ed Ogeron, during Mm -hmm. like Houston Nutt. Like I left before Hugh Freeze. Maybe I was there for the last year of Hugh Freeze. And so like I'm aware of like how good they could be. Which you, is like, you weren't there with when Eli Manning was there, right? No, I like I was there. The biggest star when I was there was Patrick Willis, oh, okay. AP Willie, before he got drafted by the 49ers. And Dexter McCluster. No, uh, yeah, Dexter McCluster was there. Who else was there? So I, I grew up uh, in Florida and went to the Gator games from like in the 90s. Yeah. You know, when Spurrier was there doing the yeah. whole airing it out thing. And that was when I first saw the Ole Miss logo and i was like what the hell is is that colonel sanders it's what so, is this? it's so funny because like it listen it's like weird to talk about colonel reb because on on paper with like without any history you go who's that funny old man with a big head yeah <laughs> you just you don't even think twice right, you don't right. even think about it but then you're like oh he's like a colonel Oh, in oh. like That's a no war. Good. Oh no! And he's dressed like you know, like plantation style gear. Oh, oh this Well, and the flag was uh, still had the Confederate. And flag at that on point, it, yeah. the most offensive thing about Mississippi was the Confederate flag, and that just changed last year. Right, that right, wasn't right. You know making I mean? small steps here. <laughs> so like, I liked it. It was like definitely like a super southern school, but when I first went there. I wasn't doing theater. I was right. English. I was I was um, I was English, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm also take biology, and if I really like biology, I'll like switch to pre med track. Cause like your first year, you kind of just go, what do I need to take so that mm-hmm. I can like move however I want my second year? Get the generals out. Yeah, of the way. get the generals out of the way because some people don't, and then like that's how you meet people that are like, well, I messed up, and so I um. <laughs> I like was taking a bunch of freshman classes and I didn't take theater. I didn't do any theater. I just wanted to like be a college freshman and like drink and you know, I just, I just, I didn't drink a lot in high school. I just wanted to party and just have fun. And then my sophomore year, I like didn't do well at chemistry. I was like, no pre-med. I was like English. Okay. So then I could do whatever I want with that. And then I took a theater class kind of to try to trick the theater department into thinking I was like 
really like just a kind of person off the street. Right. Like I took theater for non-majors. I still remember it was like theater 201, I think. And you like walked in and it was just like a lecture class, but they held it in the theater, like the uh, one of the theater performance spaces. And you would just like listen to the instructor and take notes. And then you like have quizzes. It was like pretty cool. And I remember one day I said something to the instructor, Valerie Wilson. And she was like, how do you know that? And I was like, oh, because I like took theater. She's like, for how long? I was like, from like sixth grade to like senior year of high school. Like most like, of my you life. You did theater yeah. for six years. You're an imposter. And you're in this like non majors class. Why aren't you in the theater department? I was like, I don't <laughs> Taking a break. Yeah. Taking a year off. Yeah, I did the same thing when I got to high school after going to, uh, you know, after going to performing arts high school for theater. I took a year off and then took the rest of my life off. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Just wrong never with went that. back to that. Uh, I miss it, though. Do you still have, like, dreams where you're suddenly in a play and Ooh. you and you don't know, you don't know the lines at I all? Remember, I remember having those dreams a lot right after I, like, got done with theater. Less so now because I do so much comedy that, like, that you, those are the nightmares you have <laughs> yeah or you have like nightmares about being late for something yeah. but like plays were always so fun to me and i sure. always have too much fun like that was the thing like i always got in trouble for being like making things too light i was never a person who was like oh jay we need more energy from you or like oh it needs to be funnier i was always a person who was like jay um this isn't about you. <laughs> tone, it, tone it down a notch. I'm like, all right. And not from a like dishonest standpoint, but just from like a very like, oh, this should be fun. Because my introduction to theater was rooted in, oh, my friends are having so much fun. So I always focus on the fun and then eventually like on the funnier things. Right. So I always had like an inclination to lead with comedy and then any dramatic stuff I had to do, that felt like homework sometimes. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, what was like a, a more dramatic role that you did that you really enjoyed i what did i do oh i was dying in one of my first shows i was i played a number of people but we did grapes of wrath and i was like a guy at the beginning who was talking about the family that was like traveling and then there was another guy in the middle who was in a fight and then at the end i was a guy who was like dying if if you read grapes of wrath like at the end like rosa sharon has like breastfeed a dude Mm -hmm. and like i was a guy who was like dying and so like that was the thing i was like oh that's like so sad and that was like fun that was like one of my first college roles wait i'm sorry did 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 you did I actually breastfeed (laughs) no well i mean obviously you didn't but like how did they stage that i think with angles, Do they have a prosthetic or no, no, no. Oh, with okay. angles, yeah, you like the just back like, of your head, maybe. Yeah, if the back like, of my head just is like going into like a person's chest, there's not like it's the, kind of just implied. Yeah, it's yeah. implied. Okay. And so that was like fun. I played. I'm trying to think of non-comedic roles that I like really. I, there was a guy. Did you ever like make any people in your in your class? Did you ever do any scene work? Oh, in class yeah. that made did you ever get people that you could see crying? I had to do a scene from we had to do like the scene from Angels in America, like the I want to say Lewis Pryor scene when one of them tells the other one that they are, they're gonna die because it's like it's, it's it's an AIDS play, and so did that and like had to like do that scene before I was out with a person who was out, so there was like this weird like interaction between him and I, and like that was like a fun. But like also very sad scene. I I did a scene from 
It wasn't. It wasn't from Streetcar. Maybe it was a scene from Kalamatan Roof. We did like a lot of like kind of the classic Tennessee Williams theater yeah. canon mm-hmm. in class, but not on stage. Like if we did one of those plays on stage, oh, I did a Neil LeBute, uh at the very end of Fat Pig by Neil LeBute. The main character has like a monologue. It's. I mean. It's kind of like a sadder version of Shallow Howl, where like he's dating. <laughs> it is. It's just because Shallow Howl is kind of like funny, but yeah, like yeah. Fat Pig is like him like being horrible to this like bigger girl that he is dating, and like he has to leave her at the very end because his friends are terrible, and consequently he's terrible. But like he has like a monologue, and I used to like that monologue because it was a bad person admitting they were a bad person, but like not really doing anything about it, but crying. So that was like I like that was fun. And so those are moments I go, oh, okay, I can like, if I have yeah. to, if yeah. I have to. So uh, you you were in the middle of college, I guess, when you came out? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was 20. Or of your undergrad, because you, you, yeah, yeah, you did, you did, you have a postgraduate. Yeah, I was in school for way too long, because I did get an English degree, but then I also got a theater degree, but the theater degree was a mandatory four years of acting studio. And so those last two years of college, my scholarship was done, so I just paid those out of pocket and then I went to grad school and so I you did get two degrees in the time it took me to get one though (laughs) (laughs) and so then I it was I was 20 I wasn't 21 I remember not being 21 and I had a boyfriend who was like in a frat and it was like just one of those things that happened on like Facebook Messenger yeah and then like you hung out and you like kept hanging out and like no one else knew about him and like one of those situations wow so. was it like a particularly progressive frat oh or? he wasn't out he wasn't out I wasn't oh. out no one was out oh, okay. we weren't out we oh. were just like dating and so he was a oh my god what was he he was a Sigma Chi. Okay. That's, I um, can say that. Yeah. Yeah. I can say that. You don't want to. I don't care. He was a Sigma Chi, which I only remember because if you look at the actual Greek letters, it looks like the word X, which is what he became. And so uh, I dated him. And then, like, we had, like, a really bad, like, falling out. Like, I think it was both people, but he was also just a terrible person. And he was so terrible that at one point he like basically told me that we we could only like see each other on his terms. And I was like, well, this is stupid. And so he was just like kind of very he's kind of a control freak about Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. But like he was very kind of sometimes there were moments where I was like, you're so flamboyant. How like how are we both in the closet doing this? Yeah, I was going to say, was it difficult to hide that at Ole Miss? I got to imagine. At Ole Miss, well, he lived alone. So if there was like a sleepover, I just stayed over there. He had a car. He could drop me off wherever I needed to be dropped off. I was coming from his place. He didn't have people that were like snooping around him. I had roommates, but he never spent the night there. He would like either come pick me up or like come over and like pregame. And then we'd say, oh, we're going out. Like there was... And maybe people knew, but they didn't see anything and they didn't say anything. So then when we broke up, it like people were like, oh, it's like, why well, don't want to see your friend anymore. I was like, oh, we like kind of broke up. And then I was like, everyone was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that's how you did it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you did it to your friends. Yeah, that's how I did it to my friends. My mom, my mom knew I was like going through some crap. And so I told her, I was like, oh, I went through a breakup with 
a guy and she was like once again to her credit in the same way that she didn't like pressure me to do anything it was like wherever his interests fall that's where they fall as a kid like same thing with this yep, very she, supportive very supportive like definitely was like worried a bit and not necessarily about my safety or anything just like if she was like handling it correctly it's mm-hmm. like me having to reassure her that she was like doing a great job was like weird. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> did you? Yeah. How, is it different? I mean, did you come out as as gay because you're bi? Yeah, so I did- came out. I came out as a person who had a boyfriend, but still was like actively hitting on a number of different people. Because <laughs> there, I mean, there were instances where I like hooked up with girls in college, in between like having. Like, either boyfriends or, like, guys who were, like, hidden on me, like, heavy. And I was like, okay, I guess, like, we can hang out. And so I never, like, knew that I was ever going to, like, make a choice. It was never, to me, there was never going to be, like, a day where I was like, I'm giving this up forever. And even currently, I'm in a relationship with a guy. And sometimes there are... A white guy, right? A white guy, yeah. There are people who, like, go, oh, Jay, like, since y'all have been together for so long, like, what does this mean for, like the bisexual stuff and i was like ed i don't know what to tell you right it means yeah, you don't you don't thing. need a definitive yeah also thing you're the only one that needs to know you know like <laughs> but that's, and that's a, yeah, and that's a very exactly that's kind of like basically our generation and younger starts to understand that like sexual fluidity right. isn't like mapped by who you're dating it's like what you're interested in and what like kind of turns you on and like i think that more people are starting to get it it's always funny when a person is like a hardliner and then it's like, well, no, it has to be this way because if not, then what if, what if I have feelings about something? Like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. This is, this is it's rooted, about them. This is rooted in you not knowing whether or not you can go on a date with a dude. Go on a date with a dude. Yeah, like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Especially, especially, especially now that the world is ending and also that people are <laughs> that people are chill right 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 it's not it sucks to say this because we are very lucky it's not like the 40s and you, i promise in the 40s you probably could have gone it would have been chill then too but like you you meet a lot of people who think that bisexuality is like fun but not necessarily practical and I think it's 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 an interest. It's not even like really a preference. It's like a, I am open to all of the possibilities of these things turning me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah. not just boxing yourself into anything. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. cool. I'm I'm glad to hear that like uh, Ole Miss and because you went to Alabama after, right? For grad school. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you know you didn't really have any it sounds I, like the people were pretty accepting i never well in southern theater departments there's always usually a gay instructor our main our head acting instructor was like in a relationship uh with his partner i want to say for like close to 25 years so there was no one that was like this isn't we, like we can't have this because number one it's the theater department number two like a lot of the kids there kind of are either queer or queer adjacent. And so if you choose to do theater at Ole Miss, you usually are aware that like, okay, this is, I need to, like, if you're like, I want to say if you're like a hardline, just anti-queer person, theater might not be your cup of tea in general. And specifically like theater at big state schools, like, cause that's where queer kids go at those schools. 
Yeah, they're also that, so they're also so big that you're going to have a diversity to them because it's oh, such yeah. a big program. It's not just a small, you know, uh, community. It's not like a small community. It's not a small private college. Like right. it's a big school, like huge amounts of kids. And so, like queer kids usually end up in theater departments, like English departments, uh, creative writing programs, like these areas where you can kind of say, "Oh, what about this particular field of study?" Uh, that has like uh, intersections with queer history. You kind of go, oh yeah, there's probably gonna be like some non-straight people there. Good. So you got your so you got your second degree in theater as well, right? Yeah, I got my master's in acting in Alabama, which I did on a whim. Uh, my boyfriend, <laughs> I one hundred. It was an like, intense whim. It was like man. a three-year capricious, like I guess if oh, okay, this is cool. I like went to a convention. Because, like, every year you're supposed to go to, like, theater conventions to try to book work for the summer. And it was an extra $50 to audition for grad programs. And my boyfriend was like, well, just do it. And I was like, I am here. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well. Well, it wasn't, like, right then. But it was, like, two weeks before. And I was like, I got two monologues I can do. Like, I'll do it. And I did it. And I got offers from, um, like, four different schools. And I really liked two of them. And then I was like, Alabama makes the most sense financially and location wise. And just, I really like their program. I like their pursuit of me. They're very adamant that they wanted me to go there, which always helps. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And then I went and I was like, oh, this would be, okay. I wouldn't be doing stand up if it weren't for that decision because I started doing stand up. I started doing stand up in part because of what happened at Alabama, like the ability to create and craft my own work and like teaching experience. I always, whenever people go, oh, have you ever, have you ever been scared of a crowd? I'm like, no. Yeah. no I've had to teach theater at 10 a.m. on the Friday before an Alabama home game mm. and expect 19-year-old kids to listen. <laughs> well, yeah. They don't. That takes some skill, man. (laughs) What? I like competed against Nick Saban. I didn't win, but it was close. Like, that's. Did you go to a lot of games when you were. Oh, yeah. You get. Because there was like a lottery to get tickets, but because I was a grad instructor, like, I could get tickets a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And then there was like a whole market of like, you can either give away your tickets or like, you could sell your tickets frowned upon. You're not supposed to do that because they're expensive tickets. Mm -hmm. So I went to a lot of games at Brian Denny. Oh, it's it's a great stadium. 100,000 people. people don't, it's 110,000 wow. people. Yeah, it's not. That's insane. Yeah, I went to a Tennessee game there. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we sat in the zone where you're mm-hmm. like allowed to have a locker with booze in it yeah. for some reason. Like they just allow it in that one area. And it's, man, it's so much fun. I, Tuscaloosa is a super fun town. It's like one of those places that is a, it because of the economy driven by football, it's become so badass. And I mean, a lot of it is like any college town in the south is just a lot of fun i can't stress that enough college towns in the south are fun but also like crazy but also just fun yeah Mm -hmm. when did you uh start getting really into fitness is that something that That started at ole miss it was like 20 if it's 2021 it started 2010 okay one of my friends 
was like jacked and he was like he was like an opera singer but he was also jacked he also loved he coaches football now in arkansas no way. which is hilarious yeah he's like you want know, to say his name yeah or? uh yeah so logan logan rebstock he's like okay. he's like a uh operatic baritone he, he's an amazing singer was at the was in the opera program at Ole miss but also was like a huge like meathead and so he and <laughs> just like kind of a person that could like sing but also was dumb enough enough to be good at the gym because the pe- the people who get really good at fitness have to care about it the way other people care about books and it's just hard it takes it takes a different it just takes a different approach and so he was the first person that was like, we should work out. And I was like, okay. And then the first time, I was like, I wish okay. someone would do that for me. I was like, okay. He was just like one of those really intense dudes. He's like, we should work out. I was like, oh, great. And we start working out. I was like, man, that's, this is this is hard. This is like, but I like this. This is cool. And so it was like another varied interest. And we had like an amazing fitness centers at colleges. There's as at fitness centers at certain colleges are so nice. They're too nice. Oh, man. They're Imagine Alabama nice. has a really nice I'm, one. Yeah. Alabama has like three fitness centers. It's yeah. too nice. The football, because the football players have their own fitness center, but then there's like the general recreational fitness center. And then sometimes there's always like an additional, like either dorm-based fitness center or like on the other side of campus fitness center. So there's really no excuse to not yeah, want great resources. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, unless you don't want to, but like that's where I started working out and I really liked it. And it tied in with like comic books. And then like when also you're queer, you like start to be like, oh, I need to look like the way, like, I need to like look the way, look like how these gay guys in media look. And you try to like approximate that. And how I think I've like calmed down a little bit. I used to be, I used to be very intense, like would be like, oh, I could do this, this, this about the gym. And I've tried to mellow out a bit, but that's when I started. So I've been in a relationship with the gym for like, 11 years i was gonna say well by this point if if you know if you're still listening to this podcast you realize that jay is like king of many twitters (laughs) (laughs) comedy twitter college football twitter uh fitness twitter comic book twitter like (laughs) i I try to be bisexual in every aspect of the word i try to like and experience everything you got all the bases all bases covered but ironically though not good at baseball i have a joke (laughs) i have a joke where i say i want to like baseball but i'm nowhere near old enough like i I'm just not, I'm not old enough to enjoy baseball yet. Eventually when I sit down and I can be like, okay, let me like, like, all right, I have four hours to watch something move really slowly. I get it. I see like some really cool athletic feats. I see like some amazing like stuff in baseball. It's just that I see so much amazing stuff in much less time in basketball than football. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. with you. Basketball yeah. and football are my... Do you go to any two. games? you go to, like, I've Nets been... Games I've, the first games I ever went to in New York were Nets tickets when they were cheap. I'm so <laughs> upset. I was going... Ooh. Real catch 22, right? You wow. root for them, but then if they're good, wow. you can't wow. afford to see I them. I used to go to the Barclays Center for concerts, and they'd be like, while wow, you're here to see Ariana Grande, if anyone wants to pick up some Nets tickets, we're just giving... <laughs> 
giving them away. Yeah. In fact, look under your seat, and everyone's like, I don't care about Joe Johnson this much. Yeah, we got like Brooke Lopez like this. Like, it's like, yeah, we used to get Nets tickets. We'd buy the you know the cheapest ones. They were like eight bucks, yeah. and, that, and then there's no one there, yeah, so you, you just, just walk move, all the way yeah, down. You just move yeah. right up. The we got pretty good at sneaking booze in too. We would just buy yeah. like the plastic Jack yeah. Daniels bottles, stick them in our crotches, and walk right well, through. Well, because it's, it's an, like am- it's an amazing location and like uh like arena right so oh, like it's, it's close to so many things it's oh my god the last basketball story that like was super funny to me i went to a show in i want to say jersey and when i was coming home i had to get out at penn station but it was the night that the knicks lost to the hawks uh, and i came out of penn station at the same time all the knicks fans were leaving oh, the, leaving like uh the garden and i was like Oh, this is a lot of angry white boys. <laughs> I was like, this is, I mean, like, this is intense. This is Charlottesville level. Like, they were just very mad at Trey Young, but then somehow Trey Young, like, morphed into, like, they were mad at Atlanta. And then they were like, that guy looks like he's from Atlanta. I was like, we don't need to, no, yeah, no, no, no. We can no, just, no. We we can just be there. mad. You can just be mad at Trey Young. Be mad at the Hawks. Like, yeah. let's, let's, let's focus. Didn't somebody spit on Trey Young? Oh, yeah. yeah that was terrible. They, yeah. It was, I mean, we're terrible. City, uh, and it oh, was, was a Knicks fan, right? It was Knicks yeah. fan. Yeah, 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 the Knicks were horrible. Yeah. Knicks fan, it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, this is like super intense. But the that was a that was a lot of sports related thing. I'm mean, whenever you start to do comedy, you start to give up some of your ability to go to like recreational sports stuff, right? Which sucks. So did what, did you start doing comedy at Alabama or the first time I ever did stand up comedy was in Oxford Mississippi okay. at a place called the Lyric and I got to like host and MC like a night of like kind of comedy and characters and like some music in college towns like that happens a lot it's like we're gonna be doing a bunch of stuff night you don't gotta listen you can't listen and then I was like <laughs> also like in an improv troupe and I got to do stand up in that one time. And then we studied stand-up in my theater program, and it was my favorite section. And we like had to like basically categorize the kind of stand-up we liked. And like then I was like, oh, okay, I really like this. And so I got to do that. I got to do that a couple times in Oxford my last two years. And then I moved to Alabama and didn't get to do it again until I want to say like my last two years there. And so it was always either an open mic or like, we had stand-up section in class where we had to study stand-up performers and then we had to like transcribe their material and also like basically scan it so like heighten like underline or like circle like operative words like figure out what rhetoric and kind of performance-based devices and conventions the stand-up performers were using to achieve comedic effect mm-hmm. like basically mm-hmm. had to break everything down right mm-hmm. and so that's when i was like oh i like this yeah. yeah i mean and the whole time i've been watching comedy central since i was a kid mm-hmm. like that was what i grew up with that was like always what i watched for stand-up i watched last the first like i want to see three or four last comic standings mm-hmm. i never i never got to watch like comedy specials until they were on cable because we didn't have hbo right. so i never got to see i didn't get to see raw and delirious until comedy central put them on i didn't get to see richard Pryor until comedy central put him on so i was always very much attracted to the idea of comedy and it, this is not me plugging them because they, they don't pay me 
any money for this. But like on, Par- <laughs> on Paramount Plus now, yep. all of those specials going all the way back to like ninety eight. Oh wow! Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know I that either. Paramount Plus. So, so I like yeah. watch. I like watch Mulaney special from uh-huh. 09 and it's insanely good. It holds up today. He's doing stuff that people still do in that thirty minutes. But like. So that was like always, I was like, oh, that's what stand-up is. Oh, that's like what stand-up is. Oh, okay, that's what stand-up is. And so whenever I got to do it, I was like, okay. It was very like still super theatery. But I also like always wrote like the senior roasts mm-hmm. for uh, undergrad. And like in theater, my s- second year, they were like, we want Jay to write the roast. Now it was usually like a job given to the juniors. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, nah, we kind of want Jay to write them. And so like that's when I was like writing funny stuff about people and figuring out what the line was like that was always like very interesting so when i moved to new york the reason i did stand up was i didn't have any control i had like a theatrical agent who was like sending me out on shit i didn't like Mm -hmm. i got a commercial for like i want to say avian tequila where my line was just like and then <laughs> he he pointed and smiled. And then I, yeah, yeah, line. podcast. Everyone saw that. Um, and so then I was like, I don't have any control. I was like, I don't have any control over my career, like none. And I was like, I'm funny and likable and good with the script and good on camera. Like I can't. Wh- what what's stopping me? And I was like, oh, so I moved here in 2015. So I was like, let me get on my friend told me about free mics mm-hmm. and he said yep. it and I was like, oh, okay. And so I finally did it. And the first mic I went to, it was like climate was like the laughing mm-hmm. Buddha. Mm-hmm. So I was paying money and yeah. that happens a lot of times when you first start doing stand up. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. And so I did a one man show that was 15 minutes. I was going to expand it to 30, my final year of grad school. And so I took all the funny stuff from that and like put it in a set and it, it did well. And then I did my friend's show at a bar, a gay bar, and it did really well. And then I did his show again, uh, I want to say, the next month with, like, completely different material. Because I was, I was of that, like, early comic age. I was like, I need something different this time. Yeah. And then I, like, bombed a lot at mics, which is, like, if you want to bomb early, go ahead and bomb at mics. Yeah. Bomb at mics. Yeah, it's, enough, ex- it's expected. Right? Yeah. Enough yeah. people get, they get so scared. Don't be, don't be crushing all the time at mics. Like, no. do well, of course. Come prepared. Have something you want to try. But, like, bomb at mics. Don't bomb yeah, in front that's, of people. That's what no. mics are for. Yeah. 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 Did, did you move uh, to New York to do comedy? Or? No. I oh, moved okay. here because I wanted to be an actor. I wanted oh, okay. to be, I wanted to get a Broadway credit i wanted to do a non-musical on broadway and then i also wanted to be a tv and film actor and i basically knew i could do that here atlanta or la Mm -hmm. and my thinking was i'll have more money if i sell my car and move to new york than i would if i drove my car to la and atlanta will always be there because i'm from the south already right and the agencies I did a showcase in New York and a showcase in Atlanta and they both really liked me, but they just, I guess they told me better lies in New York. So I believe them. <laughs> okay. Well, glad they did, man. Yeah. I had, I had, uh, my first agent, she was like, I was, I was there. She, I think she tried to, maybe she was, she like said she was a waitress at the cellar. Like while like Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy were there. This is what she said. So this is what she told me, or maybe it was a comic strip. It could have been a comic strip because this is the 80s. She said she was a waitress at a club and like she was there 
when like Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock were like performing. And I was like, I don't know. And so then in my head, she was like, she knew the industry, but I was like, oh, she can help me. But I wasn't thinking stand up. I was just like, oh, she can help me like get a, get like a comedy gig on TV. She can help me get like a, like a supporting character series regular on something. And she kept putting me out for like musicals. And I was like, I can sing and I've done musicals before, but I didn't audition for you with the song. Like it was like all these like weird kind of like less than favorable experiences with her and that agency. And so when I started doing really well at comedy, at one point I gave them one chance. I'm going to be like, Hey, I really like comedy and I'm pretty good at it. You you do y'all want to come see me in a show? And they were very casual and dismissive about it. And I was like, I'm never again. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you find you've had, you've had a very like accelerated. You're too success. fast. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like it's not too fast, but do you feel like theater, your theater background really helped you skip a lot of the getting over stage from. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean like just, yes. Yeah. Definitely. You can, if you, you can give me a note as a performer, as a stand up. And I can apply it very quickly because if you didn't in theater, you in the professional world, you get fired in undergrad <laughs> is worse. You just get yelled at. And that person also can grade you. You're like, oh, OK, what what do you want me to do again? Yeah. OK, thank you. Note, I'll apply it. Thank you. Next time we do a run through. Thank you. Right. Like So anytime I was on stage, I wasn't worried about being personable. I wasn't worried about being dynamic. I wasn't worried about being able to perform for an audience, I was yeah. like, make it funny. You're not worried about what they're thinking in that moment. I like, care. Yeah. I care so little about what they're thinking. In the in the most professional and courteous way. Mm-hmm. I will not let that affect my performance because it is a service industry. Like mm-hmm. there's there's no way I can do my job if I'm like, oh I'm so nervous about them. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I really don't because they're there to see a show. And if I think about that, then I'm ruining their show. And then they start to get pissed. So you mentioned to me, I think last time you did uh, the show I produced called Good For You. Uh, but you mentioned to me. It's a great show. Great show. Thank you so much for saying Check that. It Thanks out. for doing it. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. I remember the first time I did it and I was like, man, this is crazy. This yeah. is, I was like, it was like packed. It was very fun. I was like, wow, this is fun. I wish we could still do it at Cantina Royale, but like they gutted that place. So <sighs> yeah, those were the, the best shows. I days, loved it because like the, all the comics like stood by the bar so you could just be like is, are these tecates and tequilas mine they'd be like <laughs> yes so, so many three dollars <laughs> so many three dollars take them take them uh but last time you did the show you mentioned we were talking afterward and you mentioned uh who all was on fallon when you did fallon which by the way uh, anyone listening please go watch his fallon set it's amazing it's uh, you, yeah it's hilarious thank you yeah, that means a lot those are like some of my favorite jokes and whenever i started in stand-up i was like always watching late night sets mm-hmm. because i wanted a late night set and i was like oh what's the what's the best version of a late night set and i watched so many of them that I was like okay i really like it when it's introductory but then also specific in the middle and then like you stick the landing so they kind of have you have to say hey you don't know me here's what you don't know isn't that stuff kind of funny? Maybe you'll like like the rest of this. Also, you remember that stuff I said before? It's bad. Have a good one. Like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you found the formula. Yeah. That, and, and that's what I really liked about some people's late night sets. And so I was like, okay, have like 
three or four like undeniable jokes. And so I remember when I got when I got the offer for it, it was a total surprise to me. How long I have was, you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy. I moved to New York in 2015, right. so it happened in 2019. I mean, like, this is not oh, yeah. Fuck. Like, like you just pissed off a lot of comics. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And you want to know the crazy part? It was not supposed to happen until 2020. I'm so glad it didn't. Yeah. Right. Then so, it would have got pushed. Even so further. I had performed for the Booker three different times, but not like privately. Like he had just seen me th- perform three different times. And the final time I was like, oh, okay, just whenever that opportunity comes up, I'd love to do it. He was like, yeah, I mean, because of like football, we're probably like not going to have as many comics this fall, but like everyone who is at JFL is like in consideration, but like, I really love your stuff. And I love that. I love that fantasy football joke. And I was like, okay. And then I was doing a show in the Midwest. I was like in Indiana, I think. I was at a Holiday Inn with an indoor pool, but not like the cool kind of indoor pool. The kind of indoor pool with like carpet around it. Like mm-hmm. that kind of indoor mm-hmm. pool I situation. know exactly what you're talking about. You know about. what I mean? Because yeah. yeah. everyone hears indoor pool, but they don't know. Mm-mm. There's uh, bad ones. There's they're they're mostly bad very, ones. <laughs> there's some very bad indoor pools. And so my agent called me and she's like, are you free this day? And in my head, I was like, Yes, this is probably like a Comedy Central thing. I'm, as Comedy Central is doing all these digital things, it's going to be my turn to do a Comedy Central digital thing. Hell yeah. And I was like very excited about that. She says, uh, can you do the Tonight Show on this Tuesday? Like this, it was a Tuesday two weeks from then. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will make myself like, yeah, available. Can. And I was like driving by myself in a hotel room. I didn't have to perform that day because I was flying out the next day because I already performed two days before I and mean, I was taking that day as like a travel day. But also I couldn't like party and drink. I like went to Chipotle and I was, they were like, at Guac, I was like, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I mean, you don't we're know me, but yes. Can you put it in a shot glass? Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, uh, I was very, very happy. And so I was like prepping, but I had like, four shows the next week college shows so i did all those and i finally like got back to the city ran it uh saturday four times during that set ran it again three times more on sunday ran it once on the monday then that tuesday get there at three ish to shoot and i'm finally like shooting around six Here's, I didn't know any of this is going to happen. So Eric knows this, but no one else does. A couple of people do. I got there and they're like, oh, okay, like it's going to be Billy Crudup and Jessica Biel. And he's promoting the morning show and she was promoting uh, something on USA. And I was like, okay, that's so cool. And like, you meet Jimmy and I like waved Jessica Biel and it was like very chill. And then because Adam Sandler was promoting Uncut Gems, but the show was going to be in Austin, Texas the next week at UT, they were like, oh, we're going to add Adam Sandler to this show so he can promote this, but that episode won't air till later. And I was like, Adam Sandler's going to be here what what is this crazy and so they were like you need to focus on your set i was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that thing oh well, i was like oh okay and so i went through rehearsal and it was like very fine because the crew doesn't know anything no one's heard it you're right. sick of you're not sick of this set right. but you i've done it close to like 
12 times over the past three days. Mm-hmm. It's, five, it's four minutes, 25 seconds. Hopefully it's like five and some change with laughs. I know what it is. And like the crew during practice, no one's there. But the, during rehearsal for it, the crew is like dying. I was like, oh, okay, this might be funny. <laughs> as if you didn't know I was already. Like, oh, okay, this, this might this might be funny, funny. <laughs> and so then you finally like get there and they kind of like push you out through the blue curtain and you do like your first and it's like it's like a wall of sound. The crowd's going crazy. So many people, it just happened with Jackie Fabulous. We're like, you're like, y'all are too loud. As a comedian, you're used to like, ooh, stop. Yeah. But they're just like, we're from the Midwest. <laughs> just like happy to be there. Like, and so then you tell your first joke and you're like, oh, okay, this will be. And so I like, did really well. I like, got the roots to crack up, which was one of my goals, like to the point Amazing. where they were still laughing during one of the jokes. And I look over at them. And then afterwards, I find out that this is who was like watching the show that day. Like Adam Sandler was watching it. I walked out to him being like, that was a really good set. And I was like, whoa. He's like, that was like a 10. I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. And man. like a few feet behind him, Lauren Michaels was there whoa. because Tim Meadows was upstairs doing Seth Meyers. And so, like, because Tim Meadows and I have the same agent, like, a few of the people from my agency who didn't even know I was supposed to be there that day, they were there. And it was just, like, crazy. It was, like, a perfect so storm. Like, shaking yeah. hands. I, like, just shook hands with Jimmy. And he's, like, been super sweet to me all day. Just, like, got a shook hands with uh, Adam Sandler. I see Lauren Michaels. And, like, Tim Meadows is, like, upstairs. I was, like, what is this? This <laughs> is, is amazing. It was insane. It was crazy. You couldn't have written a better script to that the, it's one of those moments where I was like this is scary because <laughs> these are the kind of days where then they're like and then he died the next day <laughs> they'd be like Jay had it all going for you too good of a day man too close to the sun <laughs> and I say that and this is something I don't tell on podcast that night my I had to do a, a cancer benefit show that I was gonna say no to but it was a cancer benefit show so it was like at 8pm I like rush into Caroline's and I'm like oh, and people are like what's going on I was like I just I met Lauren Michaels <laughs> Adam and, Brothers Adam Sandler and Adam Jimmy Sandler Fowler, Adam Sandler Lauren Michaels and, like, Lauren Michaels. and, my, and the people <laughs> Tim like, Meadows Adam Sandler people were, Lauren Michaels people were like why I was like oh because I did the Tonight Show and they're like, you just did the Tonight Show and you're here you should be part of it I was like I know but I didn't the, the kids, kids with cancer they have cancer <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so like I do that show and Mark Norman's on that show and at one point one of the kids there's unfortunately they brought some some kids maybe Maybe not the kids, but I was like, don't do that. <laughs> so at one point he was like, I'm just glad y'all are still here. Uh, and so like, it's a crazy night. And then I go and I watch it because it comes on, I want to say filming at six and then five hours later, watch it at 11. And it was just really, really good. It was one of those things I was very happy that my late night set went as well as it did. And it like got me a zany's gig like in chicago and like people love it and it's that i'm so happy that people enjoy it yeah well thank you for your charitable work as well. <laughs> yeah save those kids yeah, man. yeah that's so amazing uh so what are you working on now i mean uh you uh working on an hour a new hour that is pretty much everything post-pandemic because 
I had an album. I like my album. I was very happy with my album. Jay Jordan, y'all. Jay Jordan, y'all. It's 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 th- the name of the album. I'm just not randomly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how easy. <laughs> Reintroducing our guest, Jay Jordan, y'all. I want it to be that easy for people to say. It was like that was one of my first like really. I was like, how do I make this like a cellar door situation? Yeah. How do I make this like a thing that like is fun to say that is just like rolls talkable? Yeah, Jay Jordan, y'all. Yeah. Like it's Jay Jordan's album. Jay Jordan, y'all. That's it. And so I have that and i promoted that all during the pandemic and it still went well so i want like a new long form special and i'm currently uh riding on an apple tv plus show oh, that would be man. fun congratulations people probably know the show i'm excited for we sh- we've uh what show is it it's the problem with john stewart <laughs> oh cool congratulations <laughs> yeah. man that's awesome so i'm doing that they haven't like super duper announced it like announced the full cast list but like that's my current gig and i'm doing so you're writing for it and on it or i'm writing for it okay i don't think i don't think i'm gonna be on camera talent but it's been i mean well, it's such be. a I just, I mean, just write yourself in yeah, just write yourself <laughs> in, man. you got control over this <laughs> i think that like that is like one of the like things I really wanted to check off. So I'm very excited to be staffed on such a cool show. And I'm really happy I'm still going to do comedy in the city. So I'm doing that. And then by the uh, before next summer, hopefully have taped an hour of something of well, like all the new stuff. You're 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 moving so fast, man. I'm sure you're gonna. I could everything. easily take a break. I would love to take a break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the next thing is like it's like oh, and then like some sort of dramatic turn where I'm like, and then like Ryan Murphy asked me to play like this person now, like completely give up comedy. Well, I go back to my theater. Please don't room. give it up. Man. Uh, so any other shows coming up? You've agreed to do Good for You on September 4th at 8 p.m. at the Cobra Club. Thank you for agreeing to that. Oh yes, uh, <laughs> I, I I think I have good for you on september 4th <laughs> coming up at the cobra club which i love isn't that the place where you can skateboard sometimes i don't know no. I, I, we're, just, I, we're just starting to do this we had to move from I, I uh gold zone might so be yeah because i used to live over there um off like the jefferson stop mm-hmm. on the l train i think so i, I think that is the place i yeah. maybe the, um I what show well, House I of Yes is there is right over there too. Ooh. So is that what you're thinking of? Well, is that where you can maybe? I mean, that's a different extra. <laughs> yeah, activity. that place is. We'll go wild. by there after the show. Yeah, though. everyone, you bring your mask. Different kind of mask. <laughs> Eyes wide shut style. Um, any other shows coming up? I'm just at the cellar a lot. Yep. I like, and I put it on my. I put. It, I try to update my Google Calendar, and then I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna like try to like do my hour in New York this fall. So I'll cool. let people know about that. So I'll run that when and then I finally hopefully get to tape it. But that's it. I'm just trying to survive and make people laugh. It's well. it, which is tougher than people think oh, both yeah. right now you make yeah. it look easy jay oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. working it's yeah. working so thanks so much for doing the show jay we really appreciate you coming me. by yeah all right good to talk to you <laughs> thank you wow what an episode what an amazing guest so glad he came by and spoke to us a lot of great advice in there a lot of great advice um yeah i'm, I'm just uh love that guy I hope uh, I hope he I hope he'll come back. I hope he remembers us when he's like an international superstar. Yeah, for real. Just uh, so talented and also just the nicest guy. So nice. Uh, if you if you like Jay Jordan and I mean, God damn you if you don't. Just <laughs> fuck you, buddy. If you don't like Jay Jordan. Uh, but anyway. Google him. <laughs> Find him on social media. Uh, look up you, his Tonight Show set. Look up his Tonight Show set. 
He's uh, he's amazing. 